every position I got a diamond at. But if I'm not getting a Mushu, you ain't getting a Jeremy. <laughs> what? I feel like a young no one. Write to us. We're very friendly. Much love. Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode number 39. We're already at number 39. I'm here tonight with everybody like usual. Just kidding. Once again, it's just me here tonight. Um, I got a big docket. Or got a lot on the docket for tonight. We got some soccer news, some big soccer news going on regarding our U.S. people out there in Europe. We got a lot of NBA news. Maybe somebody's spending some dollars that they shouldn't be spending. Then we got the all-time MLB team of the 2020 season that I want to go ahead and break down. But before I get there, I had a random question set up for today, but like I said, I'm not here by myself, so I'm just going to tell you guys instead. My random question was going to be today about Joe Davis, the Dodgers announcer, not announcer, broadcaster. Dodgers broadcaster, he does the show with uh, Oral Hershiser, the Bulldog, famous MLB pitcher. And uh, he's selling, but he's gonna celebrate his 33rd birthday today. I think he's gonna be like the next Vince Scully for the Dodgers. If everything works out right, he should be here for another 50 years. And I think he's gonna end up being my Vince Scully. Um, I would say I probably had a solid, let's see, 25 now. Probably watched baseball for a good maybe 10 years. Followed them the whole time, but I think I finally realized who he was and how amazing he was. Probably around 10 years old, so I had a solid 15. Give or take, it's all 15 years with them. So what I wanted to go ahead and do, guys, I was going to do a game about, like, what's your favorite quote and everything like that. But I'm just going to go ahead and show you guys. I'm going to play a little clip right here of some of my favorite Joe Davis clips. Just, uh, you know, let's pay a little homage to the guy because I think he's one of the best out there. All right, so we're going to go ahead and set that one up by myself today. So it's a little bit harder. But here we go. I drive to right. Bruce is back at the track. Cody Bellinger, you are ridiculous. There. Line to left field. Moment after moment. Memory after memory. The Dodgers have done it again. Swing and a drive. Absolute madness. Fly ball to center field and deep. Back goes Hampson at the wall. It's happened. It's happened. Babe Ryu. Breathtaking. He's pitching the last home game of the year, and he hits a home run. Not only is he homered, but he's tied the game. So as you saw there, there's a handful of moments right there. You have the Cody Bellinger infamous home run when he was just out on an absolute tear. Uh, that was actually in 2019, heading towards MVP season. You had uh, Hinjin Ryu with a bomb to center. You know, there's just so many moments he creates, and I feel like I'm actually living it while I listen to him. I think he does a great job of letting that moment happen while adding a little bit of insight to it, I would say. Just in every clip I just showed you, you heard the roar of the crowd. It's not about him in that moment, as some broadcasters can kind of do it. They have their home run call, whatever it is. He definitely lives in the moment and allows the viewer, the listener, to live in that moment because he 
also does a simulcast for the television as well. So he's just absolutely, what I would say, phenomenal. There it is, Marketing 101. But like I said, it's Joe Davis' birthday, so I just want to say shout-out Joe Davis. Happy birthday, man. And uh, hope for many more years with you. Moving on to our soccer news of the week. Alex Morgan scored her first goal for the Tottenham Spurs. First English Premier goal, which I think is just saying uh, wonders because I would say she's probably one of the top forwards in the U.S. uh, talent-wise, especially for our national team. She's usually the main striker right there. Uh, She's not the only U.S. member to score in the English Premier League, but at the same time, it's a big, kind of a little bit bigger here. Um, Where we do the show is actually located about, I would say about 10 minutes away from her alma mater high school where I think her name really started to blow up. So congratulations to Alex Morgan. Next one I want to give to is Juventus young and uprising star McKinney. Uh, He became the third American to score in the Serie A. Serie A, if you guys don't remember, is our Italian league, obviously out there in Italy. He's actually playing along Cristiano Ronaldo, and he was able to score today on a set-piece corner kick. Um, It was was pretty nice. I saw it. And um, just congratulations to him. And the last piece of news I want to give about our our U.S. players out there, is to Yunus Musa. Remember that name, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that name. He actually plays for Valencia right now in Spain, Liga BBV. Is it BBVA? I think it is right now. Usually people just call it La Liga. But anyways, he went ahead and signed a six-year deal with a $100 million buyout clause, which I would assume is the highest for any American soccer player out there. So congratulations to him. Just some stats on him really quick. He's uh, born out of New York, so he's a New York native. And uh, he actually became the second youngest player, or goal scorer, I'm sorry, ever when he scored against Getafe last year, November 9th. Uh, I don't even have the date right here, but he was 17 years old. I thought I had the date, but he was a 17-year-old guy out there playing the La Liga, scoring against Getafe, which I think is amazing. Last piece of news here, he's already made 10 appearances in the league this season, and he was a part of uh, that team that beat Real Madrid 4-1, to so... He's definitely up and coming, guys, so make sure you keep a name or look out for that name. Uh, he already had a couple appearances with the international team and looked absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal again. So make sure you guys keep a lookout for him because, like I said, I'm super excited, and if I'm super excited about it, you guys should be too. So that was my little soccer news for you guys. Anybody have any comments about it? All right, we still got crickets. Nobody's here with me yet. But that's all right, guys, because I'm going to go ahead and get into the NBA today. And today's NBA segment is a little bit more of a rant for me. Um, just some things going on that I'm not too happy with. Um, I would have loved to get some uh, views on it, but it's all right. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my views on it. And first of all, the NBA came out with a new policy, kind of just stating like, hey, guys, let's do our best not to get sick, not to get out, be out and about. You know, if you're going to be around people, let's try to keep it under 10 people. We don't want you guys at the bars, no clubs. You know, just keep it light, keep it chill. On day one, day one, not day two, not day three, literally day one, James Harden was spotted in Houston at a strip club, dropping them ones, partying it up. And if I'm not mistaken, Lil Baby was there. Shout out Lil Baby. But how in the hell do you do that on day one? You're trying to get traded for your team, and I don't know if that's part of it. You're like, hey, if I mess around, maybe they'll get rid of me. Although they just traded out for John Wall and got a first-round pick with that. So that's some good news for them, but I look at it, and I'm just absolutely baffled, man. I don't understand how you do that. Not only are you putting yourself in danger, you know, I would say probably most top-tier athletes aren't as 
in the same danger as us everyday people, but still, at the same time, what are you doing out there? Setting that example is not a kind of setting an example for the youth. If you look at it from that standpoint, James Harden being a global icon, um, rocking the beard, being James Harden doing what he does, but at the same time, man, you gotta look at it for the kids. It's all about the kids. If you're out there dropping the ones, they want to be out there dropping the ones. And if they're out there dropping the ones, you know what happens next? I got to be out there dropping the ones with them. You can't let your friends go alone. Like I have my boy, Benny Boy Harrison. Love that guy to death. And I know if he were here right now, he'd be asking me to go and be like James Harden and drop the ones at the club. And I'd have to look at him and say, you know what, Ben, you're absolutely right. James Harden's doing it, so so do we. <laughs> He's my music guy today, and uh, I like the little chuckle I just got from him. Um, but, you know, it's just more of a rant like, hey, let's be smarter out there. Do what you got to do. That way we can actually get an NBA season. That's, you know, we talk about NBA here a lot because that's one of our favorite sports to watch. It's so exciting to, throughout the whole season, following these guys, watching, you know, just watching greatness because there's greatness all around the league there. And having the opportunity to watch them is just, it's fun. But at the same time, let's be smart so that we can actually enjoy it. Um, kind of talking about this COVID situation, the tra- uh, Portland Trail Blazers today actually first team to shut down their practice facility due to three COVID uh, tests. They got three people tested positive and had to shut it down. So, you know, the last thing we saw, or last time we saw the NBA, we saw them complete the rest of the season about thirty games, give or take, probably more than that thirty. But at the same time, thirty games inside a bubble. There's this this season they're trying to do no bubble. You know, let everybody be at their houses, you know, enjoy that. Because I think that was a big part of the issue with the bubbles that, hey, we're in these bubbles for 45 days. Where's our friends? Where's our family? You know, and I understand that, you know, it's hard to say, well, you're a professional athlete. Suck it up. Suck it up, LeBron. Like, I can't do that this time. It's hard to be without your family, you know. It's hard to be without your friends. It's it is very difficult to go out there and focus on what you got to do, which at this point is winning that championship. So it's a lot to ask, you know, millionaire or not, it's a lot to ask. So they're trying to do this, and so far, not so good. Not, You know, they came out of Thanksgiving. They're thinking maybe that was part of the reasoning. These guys were probably around their families, friends. Like I just said, you want to be around your loved ones, especially on a day. So I guess not so, like, I don't know, it's big, but, like, on a day you're supposed to be thankful. You want to be around those loved ones, right? So I think that was part of their issue there, and, Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed that this season happens because right now I am not too positive that it's going to happen at all, man. At all. Last piece of news that I want to go on my rant about is this NBA Christmas schedule. This NBA, you know, I would like to think Adam Silver is looking at us and like, you know, guys, it's Christmas. I got a gift for y'all. I got a gift for y'all. He's like, you know what? Let me pull this one out of my back pocket. Bang! Christmas schedule comes out pretty early, right? December twenty second supposed to be the opening of the season. Twenty fifth, a lot of teams second, third games. How many of you guys spend Christmas actually watching the NBA? Yeah, I know you do, buddy. I know you do. Once again, my sound guy right there. Um, I actually really enjoy watching the NBA. I was. I'm trying to think. I think it was about a year or two ago where I was up in Arrowhead and, you know, I'm out there with the family and literally we woke up in the morning, watched the NBA, took a break, did some presents, went back, watched the NBA, and hung out all day just watching game after game after game. 
And it was one of the best things ever. Like, it was all great games, minus the Lakers versus Houston, which I don't know who thought that was a good good idea at that point. That was uh, Kuzma's coming out season. B.I. was doing pretty well. But at the same time, there were no match for James Harden. It just wasn't going to happen at all. And um, I'm looking at this schedule, man, and I'm just like, where here is the excitement? Because you got some big games. I think I'm looking at the schedule. I see like one, maybe two. I'm like, yeah, hey, I got to watch that game. Because in the morning, we're going to start off 9 a.m. this year. 9 a.m. out here on the West Coast. Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans, New Orleans Lakers against the Miami Heat. Defending champions of the East are at 9 a.m. That's that's probably my starter right there. Who thought that? Or not who thought, but like these guys earned the opportunity to be on prime time, right? Like, yes, their fan base is all East Coast. But at the same time, the Miami Heat is a global brand already. I'm not going to say that the Lakers or the Celtics or the Knicks, but they're up there. They're up there in those top teams. And I'm looking at them like, why are we not just getting a, a rematch? Give me that 5 o'clock rematch, and I'd be happy, absolutely happy. I think any basketball fan would be happy because I don't know why, but for whatever reason, a lot of N, um, NBA executives are coming out and saying that run was a fluke, and I don't believe it at all. I think that team, hey, maybe look at them, you're like, that's not a championship contending team. But when they're out there on the court, and you're like, hey, those boys can make some noise, and that's exactly what happened, and I think they're going to do the same thing again this year. Maybe not catch as many people on surprise, uh, like surprising, but at the same point, I think they're still going to be great, and they're going to go out and contend. And I expect to see them in the playoffs doing great next year. So why are these guys at 9 o'clock a.m. taking away from the rest of us? All right, so that, that's just our first matchup. Second matchup, lunchtime, 11 o'clock. What is that, about 2 o'clock on the East Coast? Give or take. Warriors at Bucks. Hey, I think to me that's a great matchup, especially if you got a healthy Curry and a healthy Giannis. Let those two boys go at it. Well, let's see what these teams are all about this year. Uh, Warriors picked up Kelly Oubre, lost Clay Thompson, uh, picked up Kent Bazemore, James Wiseman. I think they're going to contend. I remember, if you guys remember last episode, all the pressure to me is on those boys over there in Golden State in the Bay Area to come out and show that they are a team this year, that there's somebody to contend for that championship and not to be messed with because everybody last year ran through them, absolutely ran through them. It wasn't good at all. It was like, what would be the explanation I could think of? It's going to sound bad, but it was like the NBA and the Kardashians. One after another just kept going in. It was a freaking revolving door. It was awful. L's left and right. <laughs> oh, gosh. The sound guy's about to bust up into my mic. Um, but, you know, it just wasn't fun to watch them. And this year I'm hoping that they are, you know, Giannis, on the other hand, went out and got Drew Holiday to be his running mate. And I think that one's a great game for that 11 o'clock lunchtime hour. Next game, Nets at Celtics. I think that's a 2 o'clock game, 1 o'clock game here on the West Coast. I love it. I think that's a hell of a matchup right there. KD, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving going back to Boston, taking on that young Jason Tatum-led team with Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart. You know, I think that's a very good matchup. I think the NBA did a good job right there. Um. Next matchup, primetime hour, 5 o'clock here, 8 o'clock on the, on the East Coast. Your Los Angeles Lakers at home against the Dallas Mavericks. I, 
I can see where you're like, hey, you got LeBron versus Luka. You know what? You're right. There is LeBron versus Luka. But you tell me what sounds better. LeBron and the Lakers going up against Jimmy Butler and the defending East Eastern champion, Miami Heat. That's a nice little ring to it. All right, you don't like that one. LeBron James and the Lakers against Kawhi Leonard and the PG-13-led Clippers. I think I want to see that one. Benny, you want to see that one? Benny wants to see that one. Sounds pretty nice right there. You know, you don't like that one either. You know what? That's fine. You don't want to see Lakers Clippers. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers against the Kyrie Irving, KD-led Brooklyn Nets with a solid bench. That one has a nice little ring to it, too. No, you don't like that one. You want you want something bigger. I don't know if this is the biggest one, but the names are the biggest. Boston Celtics at the Los Angeles Lakers. Robbery renewed because they're both top teams in each conference. Each one I gave you right now, I think is 10 times better. Absolutely 10 times better. And let's just say you're not even a fan of those. How about you take the two best players in the league? Or actually, let's take all three best players in the league, put them in one game together. Anthony Davis, LeBron James against Giannis Antetokounmpo. MVP Giannis with Drew Holiday. That sounds so much better. Hell, give me the Warriors versus Lakers, and I think that would be a better matchup. And, you know, we're not getting it, and I think it's a little disservice to the NBA fans. Um, I understand the Lakers got to play them 70-game series or on series season. Maybe they're not going to play all the East Coast teams, but at the same point, you got to make these games happen. You have prime time. You own NBA. Or you own the TV that day. There is literally no other sport going on on Christmas. And those are the games you're putting out to start the season. A little rough to me. If people who don't remember, NBA ratings are actually down last year tremendously. You know, it's hard to say exactly what it was. You know, at the time we had some issues going on in the country. And you had people viewing things a certain way where they didn't want to be a part of it. I think that was part of it. But at the same time, I sometimes I think I look at the schedule. I look at the way they're officiating, and they're watering down the actual item. Make it prime time as much as possible. You have these days dedicated to you. Do your best job. Put your uh, front foot uh, front foot forward, and make a good impression for the season. Because for a lot of people out there, that's gonna be game one that they're watching. December twenty second, I said it was start time, or it was start of the season. Twenty fifth is your day. To make sure you're out there and you're putting out your best stuff. And they failed in this regard. So that today is my NBA rant. As you can see, I'm not thrilled about it. But it's alright. I'm going to digress right now. Because we're going to move on over to the MLB all MLB team. Meaning your best players at every position. I'm just going to give you a thought of what my team would be. I'm looking at the list right here. We're going to go through it. I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to let you know. More than likely, we're going to revisit it next week. Let's get to it. So give me one second. Man. Let's do this, guys. So this year, the MLB catchers that are going to be on this all-NBA, all-NBA, all-MLB team. Sorry, guys. It's a little hard to get used to this. I want to say it's only like the second or third year that they've done this. Remember, guys, 50% of this is going to be fan vote. 50% will be, I believe, this writer vote. So... In the catching department, we have Travis Darno of the Atlanta Braves, 
uh, Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals and JT Rio Muto, number one pro- uh, not prospect, but number one uh, option out there for catching right now of the Philadelphia Phillies, free agent, waiting to see where he's going to sign. Out of those three guys, I look at their seasons together, and you have to give it to JT Riomoto. He's absolutely the best catcher out there, followed by Yasmani Grandal. And after that, it's a freaking toss-up on wherever you want to go. First base, man. First base is going to be really tough because you got a battle of the MVPs this year and Jose Abreu, Freddie Freeman, and then you have Luke Voigt of the New York Yankees, who had an absolute awesome, awesome, awesome season. But on this one, I went through... Once again, look at the stats and look look at what they mean to their team. If I had to choose one to start my team today, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves. Once again, we'll go ahead and get that nod. Second base one, um, that one was not a tough one for me. Drake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres, rookie. I thought might have been rookie of the year before Alec Baum came out. And uh, man, who was the other guy? I can't remember the other guy, but I thought he had a chance. I thought he had a great season. He hit about 330 for most of the season. Had a little bit of pop, played a lot of positions. You know, he's very worthy of this title. However, you give it to this best second baseman out there right now, DJ LeMahieu, your AO winning uh, batting title champion. You know, he does a bit of everything for that Yankee team. When he goes, the team goes. And in this team, he's going to make sure that all MLB team goes. So nod to DJ LeMahieu. Let's go ahead and move over to third base. You got a couple of great options here. Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, Justin Turner. That's a hell of a third base option right there. You can't go wrong with either one. However, you look at this, you see two MVP candidates. So let's go ahead already and cross out Justin Turner. And then you're still looking at it. Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez. Man, they both had some great seasons. However, this is the one time I'm going to go with Manny. Manny definitely gets a nod here. I believe he hit around 300, uh, like 19 bombs, a ton of RBIs. He really led that San Diego team to that finish, <laughs> to that NLDS uh, sweep of the Dodgers. But he led them to the playoffs nonetheless. You know, uh, Fernando Tatis definitely fell off for about a third of that season. You know, came out hot, and Manny was right there to make sure that the team still went and cleaned up for them. I go over to shortstop. Shortstop is a very interesting one. Um, Trey Turner, amazing season with the Nationals. I just spoke on Fernando Tatis, who's going to be eventually one of the best players in baseball. Not already. Might surpass Mike Trout one day. No, not sure yet. Not sure. But he looks like he has the tools to do it. Then you got my boy right there. Number five, Corey Seager. Then he's doing the L.A. for me, although he didn't have the L.A. part down. There you go, Benny. Corey Seager right here is going to get the nod for me. Maybe it's a little favoritism, but I think he just had an amazing season. I'm pretty sure they don't count the postseason, but hell. I'm I'm counting that postseason in my vote. He he was the catalyst of the team when he got it going. Well, we all saw that when Mookie was getting hits and getting on base. Who was there to drive him in? Corey Seager every single time. Corey Seager set a home run record for home, well, home runs by a shortstop in the playoffs was amazing and consistent throughout the whole season. Um, it's funny, when the season first started, I was like, oh, man, they got him kind of low. I like him that two spot, but all right, I understand the matchup stuff. And then he starts stroking the ball left and right, man, left and right. And it comes down like 10, 15 games in, 
man, Gorgas still not on top, huh? And something finally clicked where, like, we saw that Muncie just wasn't having a good season. And he goes up there, and the team just goes off on a streak. Absolutely bolted out of that uh, gate when Corey Seager got there and never really looked back, obviously, on the way to a World Series championship. Now, this is probably the hardest time, or the hardest one to do. The outfield. The all-MLB outfield will include three players, obviously. However, it's not limited to left fielders, center fielders, right fielders. No, it's just going to be top three outfielders. So, you get top three outfielders right now. Mookie Betts gets the nod. Hell of a season. Hell of a season at the top of the leadoff spot for those Dodgers. You know, people are going to be like, well, why isn't Ronald Acuna on your list? Ronald Acuna's not on it because he sucked half the year. He absolutely sucked half the year. The name is what got him through those games right there. And uh, so that's why he's not on my list. People are like, well, what about George Springer? George Springer's a cheater. He doesn't get to go on my list. That and his season was mediocre at best. The guys that I'm looking at here, probably going to shock some of you guys. But Mike Trout's not on my list. Down here for Mike Trout, you don't make my list. When you're that great, I expect greatness all the time. Well, he has better numbers than some of these guys. Well, he should have better numbers than all these guys. He's the best player in baseball. But he didn't live up to standards, and that's why. kind of sucks when you're great because you your pedestal is so much higher. Like, all right, if you don't hit this every time, then you're already going downhill. And, and that's just what happened this year for Trout. I think he's going to bounce back next year, and he'll be fine. He just wasn't a Mike Trout year. So, the guys I'm going to give it to here. The NL batting champion, Juan Soto, gets a spot out there. I also think he had like 15 home runs and missed a um, good amount of season due to COVID. Started the season on the COVID-restricted list. I think he spent out like 15 days out. The next guy. The next guy. I'm going to give it to Michael Conforto. He had a hell of a year out there with the New York Mets. Really pushed him. Um, I think the defense actually took a step up this year. If I'm not mistaken, he had over 300 this year and was a catalyst for that offense. No, the team didn't do much. But at the same time, it's not basketball where you can put up great numbers on a bad team. It's hard to put up numbers in baseball, and he was able to do it this year, so congratulations to him. So those are my top three right there. Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, and the name nobody's expecting, Michael Conforto. That's a hell of an outfield. No, it's not the best outfield out of these options, but it's a hell of an outfield. Congratulations to those guys. Hopefully they win and make me look like a genius. Absolute genius. Last one's right here. Designated hitter, Michael Brantley of the Astros. Trash Crows. I'm going to stick with Trash Crows. Nelson Cruz, Mr. Boomstick, Minnesota Twins, MVP candidate. Great year. Marcelo Zuna of the Braves again. Hmm. <laughs> this one's a tough one. Uh, Brantley is obviously the average guy. Uh, he's not as much of a bopper like the other two. But he's going to put the ball in play and get on base a lot. You go down to Marcel Azuna. That's the bopper. That guy hits home runs and doubles. And that's about it. Then you look at Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is nothing but home runs. Nothing but doubles, but he does it at a rate like Michael Brantley does with his singles. And that's why Nelson Cruz, for me, Mr. Boomstick, you are this year's 
MLB all NBA <laughs> all MLB team. Man, that all NBA just keeps coming out of my mouth. My bad. But um, there's also gonna be a pitching segment, but I'm not gonna go ahead and go through that today. Go ahead and save at least that part for when the guys come back. And guys, just like that, we're already wrapping up the show. Quick mini show for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, it was one man wrecking crew again. Uh, but it's all right. The guys will be back relatively soon. See you guys on Wednesday for sure. But, guys, before I head out, remember to get your guys' Raise Energy drink. It's what I drink before every show to make sure I do my best on here. Use promo code Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy. Get 15% off of your order. Yes. Not only that, though, guys. I've told you before and I'll tell you again. You wear your habits. And with Habits 365, it allows you to do that. Make sure you get your nice habit shirts. I have the Miami Vice version. And I'm loving it. I love it. Everybody else loves it on me. They like most things on me. But still, they really enjoy the Habits 365 shirt. So make sure you use promo code Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy once again for another 15% off. And, Vinny, you like fresh clean tees? You like wearing like some nice t-shirts? That fit right? Yeah, you do. I know you do, buddy. And because of that, I have a promo code for you. Use Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy and get 15% off fresh clean tees that are tailored to you. Never too long, never too big, never too short. Perfect every single time. So make sure you guys get your fresh clean teas. And last but not least, I have a lot of aches and pains. Like a ton. Every freaking day. It's, it's the worst. And I have something that helps me with that. I use Mother Hemp CBD cream. Uh, right now I'm actually on to the sports one. And man, it feels amazing. So make sure you guys go on motherhemp.com. And purchase your CBD products as needed. They do have some with THC and without whatever floats your boat. They got it. And I'm going to go ahead and get a promo code for you guys relatively soon. So that you guys can get a little percentage off right there. And guys. You already know it. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you again. You can go ahead and get your merchandise. On Going Deep with MatthewandJeremy.com. Where you will find your phenomenal t-shirts. Going deep with Matthew t-shirts, masks, whatever you need right now. Hoodies, we got it all. So make sure you guys go over to Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy.com where you can find our newest episodes as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere. Anybody else that streams them. So guys, like like always, much love. 